This is a call to those who want incredible success, but do not necessarily want to get filthy rich. You want to help others, be purposeful, and enjoy all life has to offer. Welcome to the Inbound Marketing Revolution. This is Dow of Inbound with Ion Garlic. Welcome to the Dow of Inbound. This is Ian Garlic, CEO of Authentic Web. And on this show, episode 23 of Dow of Inbound, I have a guest that's a member of an awesome, fiercely independent PR agency. And in this interview, uh, you're going to hear a lot of the same stuff, but presented in another way because it's so important. It's so, so important. And you'll hear our guest today, Liz, talk about mindset and how important it is to any size company. And she has the fantastic perspective of being working with both small and very, very large companies. And if you're in either space, you're going to get a lot out of this. And you're going to hear us talk about mindset over and over again. And, you know, experts in the field will tell you how important mindset is important authenticity is and then also identifying your ideal clients so make sure to go to my website and download and go to iongarlic.com slash ideal clients and we have a way like liz says to create and identify your ideal clients um so without further ado I have my next awesome guest. Today on the Dog Inbound, I have a fantastic guest who comes here through adversity, week of week of adversity, laryngitis this week. So I'm very grateful that she still made it. Uh, she's a member of a PR firm and, and founder of a PR firm that uh, started 23 years ago. I believe, uh, Liz, can you tell me if that's true? Actually 13, 13 okay. years ago. Okay. So her, the PR firm, she's been in PR for 23 years, but her firm started 13 years ago. And what I love about this firm and love about her message is the independence and also balancing work life. Um, not only has she worked with all types of industries, she's also helping women, uh, understand work life balance if there is such a thing and if it's possible and helping them to obtain it while still being successful, still doing great things in this world and still bringing up a family, taking care of kids. And also one thing that we never really think about until it happens is taking care of parents. Um, she's an author and also uh, she has a, a group in Boston that helps women startups called She Starts. I'm really happy to have Liz O'Donnell uh, on the show. Liz, thanks for being here. Ian, thanks for having me. And uh, hopefully my voice will will last for the show. Uh, hopefully. If not, uh, we'll, we'll dub you in later. <laughs> uh, or we can, go by, we can go to video. I know some sign language. Okay. <laughs> That'll make it a little hard for the people uh, <laughs> driving around, but I can uh, interpret the sign language. This is true. This is true. I, all I know are the baby signs. I have a two-year-old, so... Uh, <laughs> more daddy, uh, change diaper. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So Liz, thanks for being here. Um, So tell me, you know, let's get into it. You're talking about, you know, connecting people to their audience and you're obviously connected a variety of businesses and a variety of people. Um, Can you tell me maybe some of the the biggest, the biggest challenges that you've seen in connecting audiences, audience to audiences, especially as time has progressed and obviously PR has changed greatly. Uh, what do you see as the biggest challenge or maybe a story of the biggest challenge? I would say the biggest challenge is, um, especially for bigger brands, we or for people who have been in the industry for a long time, we need to shift our mindsets and we need to shift them rapidly. The, you know, there used to be a us to them marketing mentality. We had the message. We sent it out via whatever channels we were using. Um, if we were working through public relations, we sent the message to the media. The media delivered the story to the audience and it was one way. And now, um, the industry has become so level, I guess is the right word or dispersed. Um, now it's about, you deliver a message, your audience is right there, they're responding, they're having conversations about you in public, in front of people, there are fewer intermediaries, and um, you need to be prepared for the feedback. The feedback's going to be public, and I think that's a major shift for marketers. Yes, yes, and you know, I I like, you know, you mentioned it's a challenge for big brands. Um, Do you see it as an opportunity then for smaller companies? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've worked with some really big companies and I'll hopefully refrain from saying their names, but you know, too big to fail type of companies and they have systems in place, which I understand and respect, but they need to blow them up. Uh, you know, there's compliance and there's legal and there are marketing committees and governance boards. And we'd be talking about, you know, how can we be more like Oreo. Remember when uh, the lights went out during, I don't know, was it the Super Bowl or some big event and Oreo jumped on it on Twitter and had this great tweet and just got all this engagement and people were having a good time because they turned to Twitter when the lights went out and I think it was Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, and then these companies would say, how can we be more like that? And we had talked to them about how they could be real, engaged, you know, in the moment and then say, okay, we'll get back to you in two weeks after we go through all of the, um, you know, the governance boards <laughs> and the committees. And, you know, bang head on desk, right? Insert the bang head on the desk. Um, so yeah, there's a huge opportunity for smaller companies, for, uh, scrappy companies who can just move on a dime. That's all, you know, and I, I try and tell that to a lot of these small companies. I don't know. I'm, do you see often that it's it's almost like a, a grass is greener? So the small companies are trying to be like the big big companies and try and do their PR like the big companies, and vice versa. Always, always, I'm laughing because that's just um, isn't that that's just true. That's a metaphor for life, isn't it? <laughs> uh, you know, the smaller companies are looking at the bigger companies. They're adopting this language that they use and sort of the, you know, the cadence in which they seem to put out their marketing messages and materials. And the younger companies are like, how can we be more entrepreneurial? How do we create an entrepreneurial spirit? And then they have, you know, six committees to set up that entrepreneurial <laughs> spirit. <laughs> I'm being terrible about the big companies. The big, there are big companies that do things really well. I shouldn't be so flip. Um, but really what it all boils down to, 
whether you're, you know, too big to fail or you're a two person startup, what works in marketing is relevancy and authenticity. And anyone can really access that. I love that. Yeah. I, um, I mean, the name of my agency is Authentic Web, so I don't... Right, I, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you get it. <laughs> yes. So relevancy and authenticity, those are two very big words. And um, it, first of all, let's say relevancy. How do you... What is relevancy? I mean, I, I, you know, we all think we have a definition for it. How do you define relevancy? Oh, God. Um, you know what? When you see it, I guess that's not a good enough answer. Uh, relevancy is, I think the easy way to define it is value. Are you delivering value to a specific audience? Um, years ago, I was the VP of marketing for a matting company. And when I say matting, I'm actually talking about doormats. <laughs> so here was a big company, huge flooring distributor, but they... Um, their whole business were the mats. And hopefully now you'll look down when you walk through a door. You probably never did before. I always do. Um, but when you walk into a building, there's matting that you, you know, it could be a metal grill. It could be um, a Berber floor mat. In the Northeast, especially in the winter and the spring, this was a big business, right? Because we have snow and slush and these big commercial buildings build these beautiful lobbies. They want to keep them clean. So our sales guys, and it was mostly guys, but our sales team did a great business in the fall, spring, and the the winter. But they'd say, you know, how do we make this a a year-long business? Well, my job was to make mats relevant, and that was the uh, that was the uh, mantra in the marketing team. MMR, making mats relevant, and we thought about we're not just selling a doormat; we're selling um, safety. Right, the number one trip to emergency rooms are slips and falls. So let's sell safety. Um, we're not just selling a doormat, we're selling indoor air quality. We're selling green buildings, as you know, the sustainability move came online. So that to me is an example of relevancy. It's it's this idea of don't sell me X, sell me Y. Don't sell me a washing machine, sell me clean clothes, right? Don't sell me a coffee maker for my kitchen counter, sell me a better morning routine. Yes, I love that. I love that. And it's, you know, it's it's such an important message that we skip over, especially as you get more into features. And I, I bet you, I mean, I'm just imagining you guys sitting around designing them and, uh, you know, then the designers come in and, and say, well, we should be selling it on these features, the doormat. And, and you're right. It's, I love it. It's, it's such an important, important message that people need to get through. Um, and the feature message, sorry to cut you off, but you I've know. worked in, I've worked with tech companies for 20 something years. The feature message is such an important message when you've got a technical product, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, especially for a B2B software company, do not sell me SaaS. Uh, cloud enabled, blah, 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 you know, because another message here, I think around authenticity, which I assume we're moving into next. We are now, um, is awesome. people, right? People are buying your products, not target audiences. So we should be delivering messages that speak to the people who are buying them, not the targets. Oh, so, so true. Uh, you know, I, I, that's one thing that, I see so often, especially smaller companies that I'm like, they come to me with a demographic. I'm like, if you, if I get you a hundred more clients next year, would you be happy? And they're like, of course I'd be ecstatic. Then I'm like, then let's just name off a hundred people. Right. <laughs> oh, they're people. They're not end users. Exactly. Exactly. Um, how do you, when you work with a company, how do you keep them in that 
authentic mind, mindset. So really uh, telling our clients to go through the buyer persona process, name their customers, uh, tell us everything you know about the customer, both at work or wherever you want to reach them and at home, and then uh, maybe drawing a picture or creating an image of Bob or whoever the customer is and keeping that in front of them every time they're having a conversation about features, about marketing, about customer service. And that's really how we push our clients to remember this idea of your marketing to people. I love that. And that's that's something I try and do with our clients as well. I tell everyone that's how important that is. How do you get, I mean, I think for me, and I'm going to be a little selfish here. um, How do you get someone to agree to just sit and talk to that one person? Because I find people have a hard time doing that. That's the biggest challenge. That's the million dollar question because what we find so often are these companies are eager to start selling, start making money, start getting their message out to the world. Um, but you can't, you cannot skip these steps. And the way we tell clients, you know, we'll work with you at any pace you want to work at, but skip these steps and you will be back. You will be back to buy these services from us because if you skip these steps, the message is just going to be a little off kilter. Uh, you might build a community, you might find an audience, but it may not be the right audience. The message might be a little off. And so you'll be back. And we often say, and we'll be waiting. <laughs> oh, that's, I love that. It's, and it's so true. Um, so with the often, you know, now that you have a person in front of them, um, what are you, how are you figuring out what's going to be authentic to that person? Insight. It's really about insight marketing, which is um, not something traditionally in the PR world that we talked about. But the more, and, the, and this is the reason the buyer persona is so important, the more you understand the who and what drives that person, then the better you can tailor your uh, solution to them. And this, again, this is not just a consumer marketing strategy. This works in B2B. The more you understand who is buying, you know, that SaaS cloud-enabled software service that you're selling, the, and, you know, is it an engineer who never sees the light of day? Who uh, is it the IT manager who is feeling these pressures? Is it the IT director who is now doing more work with the CFO and needs to show ROI? Um, is it a man with two kids who needs to get home by six because he's picking up a daycare? I mean, the more you understand about that person and have some insights into what makes them tick and what makes them buy, then the better you can deliver the relevant message. Fantastic. Um, so Double Forte is a PR agency. How, uh, you know, as everything evolves and is evolving so rapidly, what are you all doing to stay relevant and authentic in the world of PR? Thank you for that question, because this is something we talk about every single day in our company, is how do we stay relevant? Like you said, this is evolving. This industry is evolving so quickly, and especially for some of us who um are non-millennial, shall I say, who've been in this business for 20-something years. (laughs) It's really critical that we talk about and think about not only how do we keep our services relevant, but how do we stay relevant in this business. Um, One of the things we do at Double Forte is we have a real uh, lab mentality. 
so I convene a team at the agency every Monday afternoon, and we get together and talk about what campaigns have we seen that are interesting? What new apps are you using? What new filters are you using on Instagram? Has anyone made a video this week? What what app did you use to create that video? What editing service are you using? Um, what questions have come up from the clients? And this is a team, well, while the whole agency is doing this every day with their clients, this team that um, I convene every Monday, we are just the lucky ones in the agency who are given the headspace to do that. You know, because in the agency business and the service business, as you know, things move so quickly and you're so busy with uh, client service that sometimes you don't have that space to just sit and think. So one of the ways we do this at the agency is we have a group that has the space and the time, even if it's only a week every week, to sit and think and look at new tools and uh discuss articles we've seen, and then at our weekly staff meetings, we often uh, present that knowledge to the rest of the agency. Awesome. That's, uh, that's fantastic. Uh, because, it, you know, I, I think, and no offense to PR, but I, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I've talked to other people about it and you see a lot of PR agencies out there preaching that, hey, you need to do social media and that, but then you see their tactics and you can tell that they're not doing this type of lab mentality. And, and, and it's so critical because it's so, it, it, and one person can't just be driving it either, can they? No, God, no. One person cannot just be driving it. Um, and that's why I caution that even though this team is the team, you know, the, the lucky ones who get the time and the space every week, they're not the only ones in the agency doing it. And we just had that conversation in our leadership team the other day. Maybe we start to uh, reward and celebrate and incent people who come in and talk to us about the blog I built this weekend or, you know, the Instagram, my own personal Instagram, because you cannot, especially in, in PR, which has changed so rapidly, you cannot really appreciate and counsel on these new tools unless you've used them yourself. Right? Yes. Yes. That's fantastic. And I love that. So exciting. Um, so I've got a bunch more questions for you. Excellent. Uh, um, first of all, um, how now you, uh, everything you're talking about to me is, are tactics and awesome tactics. Um, how do you keep tactics and strategy separated for your clients? Another one I just love. Um, and the reason I love that is I mentioned, you know, some of us are non-millennials, shall I say? Um, and oftentimes I hear from, from brands and companies. Well, we need a millennial. We need to hire some 20 something right out of college to do that because they're digital natives and they understand the new world. And this is all true. And yes. And let's build on that idea. We also need the people with 20, 30, 15 years experience because they understand strategy. Um, strategy has to come first and it has to be separated. Like you said, um, ideally, Ideally, we get our clients to stop the tactic conversation and figure out what is it they want, right? What are your goals? Who do you think you're trying to reach? Have you done the buyer persona? And then let's talk about which platform you use. And then let's talk about uh, what your marketing message is. We have this conversation at least on a weekly basis with some client in the agency, which is, or, you know, a new prospect, say, probably a new prospect. What platforms do I need to be on? Uh, can you help me with my Twitter strategy? <laughs> I could, but I, you know, I don't know that you need a Twitter strategy. Right? <laughs> if you're reaching 20 year old women, right? If you're selling a product to high school girls, then uh, yeah, I could build a great Twitter strategy for you, but it won't work. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be on Instagram. <laughs> awesome. 
And, um, I, you know, since you start talking about 20 year old women and, and, and girls, tell me about not to do a dramatic shift, but I, I love this idea that, you know, you're, you're helping the work life balance for women because I know it's a struggle. Uh, my wife works. She's a part of our agency, but also we have a two year old son. Um, and you know, it's always balancing it, keeping life together. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how you go about helping someone do that? Yeah. Well, one, be careful what you wish for. I could talk about this for days. Um, (laughs) but you mentioned, you know, maybe it's a little shift from what we're talking about. It actually isn't. Um, I think the key to reaching audiences, just to tie back to what we, what we've been talking about is to understand that, you know, that customer's mindset and this idea again, that target markets and end users. And even, um, if you're, you know, targeting, uh, people at work, we're all people. And the idea that uh, when we walk through the door of the office, we leave our personal lives behind and we walk through the kitchen at night, the back door of our house at night, we leave the work behind. I mean, I, hopefully people realizing that is, you know, that model was probably never true and it certainly doesn't hold water anymore. So um, the more I think we can get everybody to understand that we're dealing with people and people bring their whole selves to work into home, then I think the better off everybody's going to be. So back to um, how do I help people? It is this idea of embracing. It, it goes back to authenticity, really. It's the idea of embracing if you are a working mother, if you are a working daughter who's caring for your parents, if you are a young father of a two-year-old who uh, wants to live a new model, not necessarily the traditional model of men provide and then they die, right? You want to be a hands-on dad, but um, you can't access work-life benefits necessarily the same way women can. Uh, women certainly have their challenges in the workplace. Um, if they say, I need to leave at four to go get the bus, um, they're viewed as on the mommy track, right? And not, uh, promotion material. Men, on the other hand, you know, and, and we often complain, but the guy who leaves to coach soccer is like a great guy and he's our, you know, he represents our value system in the workplace. Yet at the same time, a guy who says, I need to leave to get the bus, he doesn't necessarily have that permission and that, network to talk about that at work. So I think the work-life balance, we've talked about it a lot for women and women certainly face some obstacles in the workplace, some inherent biases, Mm -hmm. but I think it exists for all people, whether you're caring for kids, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're caring for your parents. So the more we can talk about it, the more we can acknowledge it's part of the whole package, then I think the better off we all are. I love that. It's so true. And having those conversations is critical. Uh, You know, when you're saying that have you have you read or listened to uh, Amy Poehler's biography? I haven't yet. It's downloaded, but not read. Oh, it's fantastic! But she she goes into a big rant about work life balance, and she's like, "What is that? Having it all? What is that crap?" <laughs> she is on fire these days. I know, I know. You'll love it. You'll love it, um, especially you know the Boston thing because she goes well into her Boston roots. So I, I think you'll appreciate that too. Um, fantastic. So tell me a little bit um, about She Starts. She Starts um, was originally something I'm very excited about. It was originally born out of a biz dev, a biz gen idea. So I work with quite a few startups here in the Boston market. I have a good friend who's an attorney who uh, counsels startups in her law practice. And we thought, well, this could be an interesting way to um, 
you know, feed the lead gen pipeline. That was part of it. The other part of it was she and I were talking once about all the amazing women we knew through our work and our personal interests of helping women uh, start businesses and succeed. And we said, we wish these women knew each other. Let's get them together one night after work. So we got about 25 women together for a few glasses of wine and some appetizers after work one night. And we said, everybody stand up, introduce yourself, tell us about your startup, and tell us what you need. And so these women got up and went around the room, you know, I've got this great new product for bikes, but I need some help with, um, I, you know, how do I ship the product? It's being made in China. I need some help with shipping and distribution. And someone else was looking for a programmer and someone else needed someone who knew Ruby on Rails. And um, we saw this magic happen in the room as people would say, oh, I can help you with that. I can help you with that. And then uh, the feedback was, Liz and Nancy, can you do that again? So we surveyed the group in a broader group and said, what is it that women founders need? Um, and they came back with us and we started to deliver content and, um, events monthly that speak to what they need. Um, whether it's demystifying venture capital or helping to create the marketing message or how do I grow from a startup of one to 25 people? You know, how do I do my accounting? That sort of thing. And so we're 18 months in. There's been uh, great energy around this program and, uh, we're having a great time with it. That's, Fantastic. I love that. Um, I mean, it sounds to me like you almost have a little bit of a mastermind going with these startups. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. And oh, I know I started to say we started it as we thought it could also be lead gen. It, it hasn't really been a great lead gen for either one of our businesses because the people we're meeting don't have any money yet. Right? <laughs> They're not ready to hire. Um, but what it's done for us as far as, you know, meeting other people in the community and building a brand and um, really, I think, investing in, you know, that this whole karma mentality, right, that we're helping people now. And I think there's, you know, there's always payoff. It may not be in the ways you expect, but um, seeing these women come together and share their ideas has been really fantastic. That's great. Yeah, and it, it's so true, too. Um, you know, sometimes marketing and business has some unintentional consequences that are beneficial if, if you go into right. it with a positive mindset. I love that, you know, you had that happen because it's, it's that, you know, all the money in the world can't give you that feeling, can it? God, no, not at all. I mean, it's, it's been such a, it's been so gratifying. And if you're in Boston and you're in the startup community, you could go out two events a night probably that are tailored to startups and what they need. Um, and if you're a, an established woman CEO, there are some, you know, think tanks and masterminds and closed programs. But if you're a woman just starting out um, in in any market, there are specific challenges you face. Access to funding is probably the most obvious, right? We just don't see the funding um, flowing towards women as easily as it flows towards men. So we really wanted to fill that niche. I'm starting out. I'm a woman. I want to build a community. It can be lonely. There are specific challenges. Um, Let's get together and overcome. Awesome. I love that. And uh, so that's She Starts. So tell me, um, let's, I'm going to switch back to Double Forte um, it, because I, you know, I think we have a great message here. If, if someone wants to get started doing PR and, and connecting to their audience and with, you know, relevancy, authenticity, and using some of the techniques, uh, what, what's the best way for them to get started? Do you have anything, any tips that they can get? 
Yeah, we've got um, a number of tools that they can access through our website, but also um, I think the, the number one step is to identify the audience and then define the message. Uh, and we do messaging workshops and there are worksheets that you can use, but uh, we find the messaging workshop to be really powerful tool. And oftentimes executive teams will say, we've been through this, we've done this, and you really need all of this power sitting around a table talking about, you know, how we, um, how we talk about ourselves and our products. And we say, just trust us because what happens when we convene the leadership team for our clients together, um, presumably to talk about what's the right, who's your audience and what's the right message and what are you selling? They have so many great business conversations around that because the message has to be tied to the business strategy. Yes. Um, so, that's our ideal way to start a client engagement and for us to see, for, to recommend clients or, you know, clients who can't hire an agency to start, get your leadership team together and talk about who's the audience, do the persona homework in advance, and then talk about how you're going to add value to those people and what's the right way to message that. Fantastic. Fantastic. So double forte, can you spell that for me? F-O-R-T-E. So double forte is a musical term. Mm-hmm. It means loud, you know, and so um, as a marketing agency, um, we thought it was an appropriate title, right? We can we can make you loud. That's great. That's great. And it's D-O-U-B-L-E hyphen F-O-R-T-E dot C-O-M, right? Correct. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Um, Liz, I, you know, I have a few questions that are just basic questions, but uh, I, I like to know people's opinions on. Uh, first of all, can you tell me your favorite quote? My favorite quote is, um, and it's, well, it's the only way through is through. And that's not the exact quote. It comes from Robert Frost, and he said it much more eloquently and with more words. But the takeaway for me is the only way through is through. And I think it applies to marketing. Uh, and what we were talking about, you can't shortcut this. You want to have a compelling message, a strong sales engine. You have to do the work. You can't skirt around it. And then um, for working mothers, you know, the only way through is through. You will go through the infant and toddler years. You will come out to a sweet spot for a few years. You'll go back through the teen years. I hear you come out of that too. I don't know yet. I've got two <laughs> teens myself. Um, same thing with caregiving. Um, you know, my, my two parents got older and older and then they got very sick and I resisted the role for a long time until I could no longer. And you know what? The only way through this is through it. Embrace it, create a plan and move on. I love that. I haven't heard that quote, but it's, it's perfect. Um, so what's the latest book you're, you're reading? I just finished Girl Boss, which is uh, written by the CEO of Nasty Girl. I don't know if you're familiar with that website. It's a vintage clothing website, and uh, I believe her name is Sophia Amorosa is the CEO of Nasty Girl, and she just wrote a book about starting the business called Girl Boss. It was really fun. Awesome. And another question, what is one thing that you want to learn that you haven't learned yet? <laughs> One thing that's impossible. There are so many things. I um, struggle with slowing down my life, creating spaces in my life. Um, I am interested in so many things, as you can probably tell. I enjoy so many. I have so many different interests. But every now and then, I just wish I could find more space in the day. Um, I'm a terrible meditator. 
<laughs> Can't shut the brain off. How do you create space during the day? It is. Oh man, that is important. Every day, I, every morning I wake up and say, I'm going to create space today. And then next thing I know it's seven o'clock and <laughs> my, my phone is attached to my ear. Uh, <laughs> um, and one final question for you. If you had to, if you were starting right now from scratch and you knew everything you knew, what kind of business would you enter? Would you go back into PR or would you do something else? I would um, have stayed in journalism, which may be a crazy, I started out as a journalist, um, but I was, you know, I couldn't afford to ever move out of my parents' house. The irony is I eventually bought my parents' house, so I probably shouldn't have worried about it. Um, (laughs) But I would have probably stayed in journalism. Um, I left journalism because of the money. It's probably a crazy answer given how challenging that business has been over the years. But the good thing about PR is that it allows us to tap into our inner journalism, and it's all about telling a good story. Yes. That's awesome. I I love that idea of journalism, and it's it's – a, a changing art for sure, but a, a very, very important one in this, in this day and age as, you know, journalism crosses into PR and it's, it's becoming so blended. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Uh, you know, when I post stuff, I'm, I'm very much an environmentalist and, uh, I post stuff, uh, you know, articles from the New York times about, uh, the earth warming at a drastic rate and people post counter articles from, essentially propaganda websites. Right. <laughs> like, and that's exactly, I'm like, do you understand journalism versus right. <laughs> advertising? So that's great. That's great to hear. It's interesting to, that you'd say that. And I hope that inspires some journalists to stay journalists. Uh, fantastic. Liz, thank you so much for being on. Uh, double for, Forte, double hyphen Forte.com is where you can find Liz. And then if you're a woman in Boston getting started, start on your business, definitely check out She Starts. Liz, thank you so much for being on the show. Ian, thank you. Thanks. That was a fantastic interview. I love talking to smart people, experienced people with a different perspective on life. You know, a lot of the people I talk to are fantastic at the tactics and strategy, but Liz brings a, a fresh perspective that's an, a different perspective. And it's a shifting perspective. I love her energy. I love her message. And, you know, if you're looking for a PR agency, no matter what size you are, I highly, highly suggest talking to Liz. I mean, I can tell you right right away, not only are they going to do a great job and keep you up to date, but from talking to Liz, one of the biggest things, she's going to help you stay in your mindset. And if you are hiring an agency, you need to find someone that's going to keep you in the right mindset, keep you focused on that ideal client, whether it's an advertising agency or digital agency like Authentic Web, or you're even finding, um, you know, you're building a website and you get a website designer. You need to find someone that understands the mindset you need to be in understands the message, understands who you're talking to. So thanks for listening to the Dial of Inbound. I'm Ian Garlic. Make sure to go download that download that Ideal Client Worksheet, iangarlic.com slash idealclients, I-A-N-G-A-R-L-I-C.com slash idealclients. Go to Double Forte, learn more about them, and keep listening. Keep listening and improve your mindset learn the tactics, learn the strategies, 
to make inbound marketing work for you. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you soon.